Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It is Wednesday, February 17th, 2021. I am Andrew Hansen, and believe it or not, I am joined by Joe Sarvati, who is affectionately known as Coach. You can't see him, and you hear the term ghost recording on Skype. Well, somehow he's going to have his voice involved in this show. Coach, can you hear us? I can hear you loud and clear, Andrew. And <laughs> hello, everybody out there. Uh, Coach Talk, I refused to be denied. I was going to be on the Coach Talk podcast, even if I had to do it in this third, third world country they call Texas. <laughs> That's right. We're glad to have you back. Uh, power continues to be out, but we do have phones so Coach is connecting to us here with the phone. So you don't get to see him today, unfortunately. And whatever he's wearing, probably the the blue the blue Coach Talk hoodie. But you get to hear him. So we're going to do our best to uh, patch it together here and break down this. What do we have? A 10-game NBA slate. We're also going to try to build our two brains are better than one lineup, uh, despite, right. the, despite the technical challenges. So let's get after it, Coach. Let's build here through the slate. By start time, get everybody ready for DraftKings, FanDuel, and Yahoo, and then finish with our two brains or better than one lineup. Beautiful. All right, we have eight teams involved in a back-to-back. Most of them played last night, seven of them. We have one team on the front end, and then we only have two games over 230. Last night on a six-game slate, we had three over 230, and they were high scoring. So now we have only two out of 10. Uh, It's going to be more of a battle here. And so we are going to go game by game to try to find some opportunities. Game one is the only 7 o'clock Eastern tip. It's New York in Orlando. Low total here, 209.5. BetUS.com.pa, our presenting sponsor with these lines. New York favored by four. The news is that Nilakina is available for the, for the Knicks. And all the question marks continue with Orlando. Ennis, Aminu, Fournier, so we don't really know who's going to be in that rotation. But, Coach, do you want to give it a shot anyway? Absolutely. And first of all, I want to apologize to the ladies out there because, you know, I, I can't see it, see it today. <laughs> so I know it's it's difficult, so you'll just have to uh, maybe wait till tomorrow. I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> they're heartbroken for only 24 oh, more hours. Just, we probably lost half our audience right there. But, hey, you know, what are you going to do? Um, anyway... Uh, Knicks, Orlando, tough game to start. Just that 209.5 total is just terrible. You've got the Knicks with the third best defense. Orlando's 22nd. But the kiss of death here, Knicks, slowest team in the league. Orlando, 20th. And, you know, just a complete uh, confusion game here. You've got the Knicks that now have uh, somehow a six-guard rotation. Good luck with that. Uh, Nidalekina being added back to that whole group that they have split in minutes now. And then the Orlando scenario with, with so many guys down. Anthony's out. And like you said, Ennis Fournier and Aminu are all questionable. So the, you know, the, the main thing is, do you want any exposure to this game? For me, the only spot I would go is the possibility of a value play uh, at guard. I, the guy that intrigues me, and I you know, want to do a little more work to make sure and see you know, that Fournier specifically is out, but uh, Michael Carter-Williams is a really good DFS points-per-minute guy, 
And I think he'll get a lot of burn in this game with them being shorthanded. But, you know, really after that, it is just such a low-scoring, slow-paced game. I think we need to just move to the other nine. I agree. Michael Michael Carter-Williams is the, excuse me, number one target for me. Great price tag on FanDuel at 4,400 for a guy who should get 30 minutes. And the weakest part of New York's great defense, their fourth, is the backcourt. So uh, Michael Carter-Williams is the primary target for me there. And don't think I'm going to go with anybody on the Knicks side. Noel will get the start again, but now he's been priced up with Robinson out. So let's move to game two. And this is an interesting one. It's Atlanta in Boston. And get ready for this matchup because they play tonight, Friday night, and next Wednesday. So three times in the next eight days. So we're going to get a good look at these this matchups. And I'm going to try to watch this one closely to get set up for the upcoming games. With the news, we've got Rondo out and Snell questionable for Atlanta. On the Celtics side, I'm going to list Tice as questionable. He sat out last night's win over Denver with the finger issue. And I'm going to list Kemba as doubtful since this is a back-to-back. Um, 224 total here. Celtics favored by three. Average pace, average offense, average defense. So it's a middle-of-the-road game. But we do have the opportunity for Peyton Pritchard potentially to start. He was solid uh, off the bench last night. If he starts here, he's a very good price. So you could end up choosing between he and Michael Carter-Williams for a value point guard spot. And then we have to look at the bigs for Boston because there could end up being value there. Will Tice be back in the lineup? Will Tristan Thompson sit the second night of a back-to-back? Will Robert Williams get solid minutes again? He was terrific for some folks last night, including a couple of our members who made nice pivots to him. So I'm going to keep an eye on the news for that one. Over on the Atlanta side, uh, Clint Capella is a pay-up option for me because he's 7,500 on DraftKings, and I think he could take advantage of a potentially tired and depleted Boston front court. And that's the the primary target for me. I'm not going to get uh, too much exposure to this game. How about you, Coach? Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting game with uh, all the, the guys out and rotating, the fact they're playing almost a, a three-game series, basically, in the next uh, week. So it is it is crazy times in the NBA with cancellations and really creates, uh, you know, a lot of edge, though. So let's take advantage of that. A lot of people are complaining, but, you know, it takes a couple hours at least extra work and prepping because you have to take all those different things into consideration that you never had to before. Plus, you know, I'm not sure how much it's messing up the optimizers people use, but I know there's been a lot of chatter uh, on social media that it's creating a less of a success rate uh, on the optimizer. So, again, the fact that we utilize... Uh, all this information and build it by hand, I think is going to give us a, a huge edge. But this is a perfect kind of game that, ex, you know, goes over that because you got Boston with all these rotating guys that are on a second night of a back-to-back. And, you know, how is that all going to play out? Um, Peyton Pritchard certainly is a decent play, especially with the poor defense from uh, Trey Young on the other side. I think you can consider him. 
Um, I don't want to pay up for the other Boston guys, Brown and Tatum. They're just a little too expensive for my liking, but certainly both have the ability to break the slate. Um, I'm, I'm with you, though, man. I like Clint Capella in this game. I think it's a perfect matchup against, as you stated, a depleted interior for Boston. Uh, Joker sliced and diced them uh, like they weren't even there uh, last night. And uh, I think Capella, you know, this this just reeks of a, a Capella 20-rebound game. And uh, he's my target in this game. And uh, and that's really about uh, all I'm going to go unless uh, I go with Pritchard instead of Williams, just as you stated. But there is some other value on this slate. All right, well, let's proceed to that value. Next game is another 7.30 tip. It's Houston in Philly, 227 total. Philly, the big favorites here by 10.5 with the news over on Houston that Gordon and Oladipo are both doubtful again. P.J. Tucker questionable. On the Philly side, Embiid is probable, but be careful with that probable tag. We saw what happened with that last time in Utah with the late scratch. Um, thankfully it worked out okay for us on that shootout lineup. We got Simmons in there, um, but we'll have uh, Dwight, ha- Dwight uh, Howard as a potential value again. And then Shake Milton is out. So, uh, Coach, both these teams are top 10 in pace, but they're also top 10 in defense. We have any exposure here. You know, this is a, a head-scratcher game because, first of all, you've got Philly, a double-digit favorite. Uh, you know, being favored by 11. So, you know, that has a tendency to to scare you on the blowout potential. Uh, I think Embiid plays, and I think he's a terrific uh, matchup here. You know, I'm not sure how Houston's going to stop him with no Christian Wood in there. Um, Cousins certainly can't stop him. So you may see, you know, some of their backup bigs just to, to lay a body on Embiid. But you know, it's it's frustrating game because if it stays somewhat close and, you know, uh, it, it could be a smash game for Embiid because it's a 226 and a half over under. And like you said, they're the fourth and seventh fastest paced teams in the league. So there's going to be plenty of possessions. The problem also, like you stated, they're fourth and sixth in defensive efficiency. So. What wins out, the pace or the defense here? And, you know, a lot of that has to do with uh, what the score is and if if Houston can hang in there. Um, Certainly a a boatload of of Houston value here that you could look at from, you know, uh, several of the guys, Tate, Nawaba, on down the line. I mean, they've got, you know, Daniel House again could be tough. Uh, John Wall is probably going to be the number one target, uh, but, you know, I'm not crazy about him in this matchup, having to be guarded by Simmons probably. And, you know, I, I had him last time, where, and he gave a hell of an effort against his, his best buddy Beal in Washington. I don't know if he can carry the load two games in a row. Uh, so, you know, this game scares me. I don't want it to bust my slate. Uh, but if you have some courage and you want to, you know, put Wall and and Embiid in there and spend up on this game, it could break the slate. So I'm not comfortable with the big fade here. Um, if I do go stars and scrubs, there's the potential 
that uh, some of this Houston value could sneak into my lineup, uh, particularly Daniel House. I, he's a guy that uh, tries to take over when he's out there, and there's going to be a lot of shots to be had. So tough game, uh, but you know I, I'm more than likely going to be on the pass side and then cross my fingers. Yeah, I'm leaning towards mostly avoiding this game. The Embiid news is huge. If he's out, I'll consider Dwight Howard. The only concern there is Houston hasn't been playing Cousins big minutes, so it could be a, a situation where both teams go a little bit smaller and even Dwight Howard doesn't get big minutes. But uh, he's worth a look for me. And then, you know, with with uh, Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris, man, did they take advantage of Embiid's absence. So the usage will will go towards them again if he's out. Uh, Simmons is a little bit expensive, so I'm not going to try to uh, follow up his 42-point amazing performance. I would look at Tobias Harris, though. And did you know that he is currently in that elite status of 50-40-90? He's shooting 52% from the field, 42% on threes, and 90 at the line. So he, yeah. just, he just needs more volume. And that yeah, he, he's, he's flirted with those numbers before. He is, he is really an underrated player, although he did get a max deal for them. So I don't know how underrated that is. <laughs> That's true. But the thing is, he just doesn't get enough volume. You know, if you look at his game log, it's 15 shots a night. And then all of a sudden Embiid was out and he got 24 shots. So that's what you need for him to have a ceiling game. And I'll consider him if Embiid is out. A quick note, he's now a power forward on FanDuel at 7,900. Along with Jay Sean Tate on the other side. So uh, FanDuel making adjustments there. Uh, Sterling, In my, in my initial build, too, I, I have Embiid in. I do think he plays, by the way. Yep. Okay. And then one other uh, GPP option, like the ones you mentioned, House, a little risky. Uh, Sterling Brown off the bench, you could go there. And I, I want to mention with Nawab, I think a lot of folks might be interested in playing him after that big performance against Washington. I just don't like his shooting numbers. He's only 20, no. 25% from distance and 68% at the line. So he's more of a hustle guy, and I, I don't trust him, and his price is up a little bit, so I'm not going to go there. I have him as one of my top traps today. So there you go. All right. Game four. We moved to eight o'clock. We've got Denver in Washington. Denver coming off the, the tough loss to Boston where, like you said, Coach, Jokic was absolutely phenomenal. And I was got a kick out of listening to the local broadcast for a bit. And in the first half, I guess they must have made a comparison to Larry Bird with Jokic and his incredible play. And then they got some flack from the Boston faithful for, for for mentioning Jokic in the same breath as Larry Bird. And, you know, in the second half, uh, Mike and Scal were, were kind of uh, addressing that and saying, hey, we're, you know, we're not saying he's Larry Bird yet, but he does Larry Bird-like things. And I agree. And as a, as a lifelong Larry Bird fan, I'm fine with that comparison because these are guys who have eyes in the back of their head and are just phenomenal, not to mention that the their shooting prowess you talk about 50 40 90 guys Jokic was phenomenal last night uh no matter what they did you know he would do double spins and fallaways and the ball would always just fall softly through the net so he's on an incredible role and he's got a great matchup here Washington 26th defensively and they're just a little bit weak in the middle with their injuries so they've got Mo, Mo Wagner has been starting 
And I think Jokic can have another strong game. The problem is it is a back-to-back. Uh, so I, And I don't know if I want to pay up for him. So we got to talk about the the other value options for Denver because we don't have any current updates here at lunchtime. But as everybody knows, last night we had five big absences. And I'm going to label all of them questionable again. Monte Morris, Will Barton, Millsap, Dozier, and Harris. And, you know, Faku Campazzo really stepped up as a starter. And he's cheap again at only 3500 on both sites. I like him. Here, you know, he played 40 minutes, so can he go back-to-back? I think he can. Uh, Great matchup. Washington 26th defensively and number one in pace. So Denver should get plenty of possessions, even though they're 27th in pace themselves. So he's a value play to look at. Uh, Jamal Murray, same thing. Uh, He was excellent against Boston, and he was one of the core plays that worked out for us on DraftKings. Uh, This other uh, Denver nugget, Zeke Naji, you know, Hesitate to even say his name after that dud last night, but um, you know he he did not do it for me last night, unfortunately, and so he he becomes a GPP option tonight if the the rotation is the same because he got 26 minutes, he just only got three shots. Denver just refused to do anything but run the two man game at the top of the key, so uh, that's the risk there. Is what shots do they get other than Murray, Campazzo, and Jokic? Uh, then with Michael Porter Jr., got to mention him. You you would have thought he would have stepped up with all those guys out, but he was 0 for 8 from the field. So he can't do any worse. So he's a GPP option if you want to look at his price tag, especially on FanDuel at 5500 Over on the Washington side, Ish Smith is still out. Um, so Westbrook and Beal are in play, but um, you know not, not a pace up game for them. So a little bit harder to justify. Uh, Mo Wagner, if he starts again, I still like his price tag on both sites. He's a power forward on FanDuel, so a little bit easier to fit him in there. And this is a 234 total, Coach, one of the one of the two games over 230. So I'm probably going to have one or two guys from here uh, looking again at those guards for Denver that they just they're not uh, they're not pricing up. I'll tell you, Andrew, uh, this is a tough slate, man. There are games that you have to look at and think, okay, now wait a minute here. You got uh, such a bizarre scenario here with Denver's only a three-point favorite. Can you believe that? That surprised me. I know. I can't believe that. So that, I mean, Vegas obviously thinks this game stays close. It's got a high total. Uh, I guess it's because Washington had yesterday off. They have won two games in a row. Uh, both Westbrook and Beal are going to play, but man, I you know I, this is a hard game to figure. I mean, you would think that the smart Vegas money would be on Denver, but you know they have so many question marks, like you mentioned, with guys out. That's going to be you know the telling tale here. Um, I don't think Millsap plays again. Not coach speak, just from what I saw. And, you know, he's a veteran. Uh, and he's listed as questionable, but I'd like to know if the other guys are going to be in or not, because I think that affects Denver defensively. If all those guys sit again, I think they have a little bit of difficulty, uh, you know, with that dynamic duo of Westbrook and Beal in the backcourt. But they are going to try to slow the game down. They're going to try to not let Washington, uh, you know, run the ball. They're going to use the shot clock like crazy. And I think it's it's 
I can't go to the point of rostering Westbrook or Beal because I think they're going to lose so many possessions and opportunity that it, they're going to have trouble making value at their high price. Um, I do think there's some value with Washington. I've been uh, on Hashimura the last week. They have made the decision that he's going to play a lot of minutes and he's going to be a focal point, which he was forgotten the first 10 games. He ba- they barely gave him the ball. Now they're running plays for him. He's playing a uh, majority of minutes at power forward, also takes a shift at center. Uh, and so he's getting extra minutes. I think he's not a bad value at all. Uh, I think uh, Wagner's not a bad play either. The only problem with him, he's super, super aggressive. And with the, having to try to guard the Joker, I think that when he's in there, he's going to get fouls pretty quickly. And, you know, you hate to have a guy that you're probably only going to get 25 minutes out of anyway. And then on top of that, he gets in foul trouble. So I'm a little worried there. Um, as far as the Denver side, man, I, I can't, I still can't believe Porter went over yesterday. That was just so bizarre. But, you know, I, I still think at that low price, He's sitting on a 25-point real-point game, and I guess if he's going to do it, you would think it would be against Washington. So you could probably get him at pretty low ownership. Uh, if all the guys sit out, somebody else is going to pop up there. Maybe Jermichael Green is worth the discussion if, if Millsap and those guys are still out. Um, but, you know, Jamal Murray as well. I mean, Westbrook. Uh, play some decent defense, but with his with the rotation there, he's going to get uh, Raul Neto defense as well, or even a little Bradley Beal, who we know is ranked in the bottom five in shooting guard uh, defense, DRPM. So I will consider Murray and Porter and then probably go more value on the Washington side with guys, uh, you know, like Hashimura and possibly Wagner. But tough game to figure out, and I think it could be a game that could sink you if you if you play too many. If you try to play the Joker and Beal, you know, and that's where your spend-up is, I understand it. They're phenomenal. But I think it's too risky in this back-to-back for Denver when they're going to slow the pace down. Excellent. Game five. On this slate, we've got Indiana in Minnesota. Uh, the Pacers are six-point favorites here, 225.5 total. Question mark for Indiana is Doug McDermott. And on the Minnesota side, D'Angelo Russell is out for an extended period of time now. And they are on a back-to-back after losing to the Lakers last night. Coach, what do you have here? You know, uh, Indiana is favored by six. It's a 225 and a half over under. Defensively, Indiana's in the top 10. They're ninth. Minnesota's 23rd and dropping. Uh, but I do like the pace. Indiana 14th, and, and they've been playing a little faster now that they have some depth back from injury. And Minnesota's six. So I think, you know, you can look at several plays here in this game. This can be a sneaky game, in my opinion. I think, uh, you know, as, as much as uh, you don't really have to reach down for a lot of value because there's tons and tons of value that is open on this slate already, and we, and we still will get more news. But 
you know, guys like Rubio and McLaughlin, the, the, the point guards from Minnesota, they've been playing solid and, you know, they're worth a look. Um, also, Edwards, you know, he, he's playing with a, a new confidence. You know, his hero uh, growing up was LeBron and he got to play him and hit a big three on LeBron and, uh, you know, pretty motivated, pretty stoked up. And he's probably a guy that's on a high right now that you could possibly look at here. Um, I don't know the extent of what they're going to play Cat on a back-to-back here or if he's going to be a late scratch or what the case may be. If he does get scratched, I know I think that brings Nas Reed into play. Uh, but if not, then I'm not going to pay up for Cat, but I uh, would look elsewhere. From the Indiana side, you know, you know he's going to love it because uh, they're going to love the, the fact that, that Minnesota plays fast and they play poor defense. And uh, I think you've got a lot of possibilities here. I mean, you can easily pay up for a Brogdon. Uh, you could pay up for a Sabonis here uh, without question. I mean, there's this is just good matchups up and down for Pacers. Uh, I think you can come out of this game with at least two Pacers, even on a big slate like this. Because the other guys that are available, if McDermott sits, that moves Lamb up the, the uh, selections. Justin Holiday's playing an enormous amount of minutes. Um, you know, and really they've been almost splitting minutes too much. But with McDermott out, he's been getting 28 to 30 minutes over the last six games. Uh, that opens those back up for those wing players. So tons of opportunity, I think, on the Indiana side. And leaning a little to Anthony Edwards on the Minnesota side. I like this game. Yeah, you know, I'm almost exactly the same on this game. Edwards in play. He's been decent on back-to-backs. Decent value with those Minnesota point guards. Not going to play Cat. I would consider Reed if he if he ends up starting. And the guards are the main focus for me on Indiana. We saw with McConnell in the lineup, Brogdon and McConnell both paid off value again. And yes, it was an overtime game against Chicago, but they were hitting value in regulation. And I think Brogdon's probably got to feel a little bit more comfortable with McConnell on the court and not having to worry about him replacing him and sitting and watching McConnell do his thing. And they can feed off each other. So I, I like both of them as options as a one-off. Sabonis could absolutely dominate. He is expensive. The one thing I differ on is I'm not going to play Lamb if he's coming off the bench. He's just not getting enough minutes in that spot. And so Holiday would be the guy I could consider as a value play, but he's more of a GPP option to me. Yeah, I'll tell you, McConnell's play lately is just amazing. I mean, it's uh, he is really playing great basketball. No doubt about it. All right, we have another 8 o'clock game. It's Detroit in Chicago, a Midwestern battle as the fighting Shane Caldwells head to the Windy City. Lower total here, 220 and a half. Chicago favored by three. Island game for both teams. And we have the fast pace of Chicago, their third. Both teams in the bottom half defensively. And I really am curious about your, your feedback here, Coach, on the Detroit side, because there have been big changes there and some guys stepping up that I'm a little bit nervous about investing in. So that we, we got to talk this through. And um, you know, see what see how it works out. We've got Mason Plumley playing like a man possessed, coming off a triple double against the Pelicans, 
Now he's priced up in the 7K range. Good matchup, though. So he's playable for me. Uh, and then how about Sadiq Bay as a starter now with uh, Blake Griffin on the sidelines now by mutual agreement? He had 30 and 12 against Boston and then decent game again last time out, 16, 4 and 6, mid 5K price range. Uh, I don't know. We, we may need to call Shane in here and get get the scoop on on Mr. Bay. And then with DeLon Wright, he's only 6,000 on DraftKings. Great matchup against the Bulls' backcourt. And I haven't even mentioned Jeremy Grant in the 7K range. So, uh, you know, those guys are all playable for me. I, I want to get your take. And then on the Chicago side, um, you know, Kobe White has has played better recently. But at in the 6K range, I think I'd rather go with DeLon Wright on the other side. And then Levine in the mid-9K range, I don't think I want to go there. You know, Detroit not strong defensively, but they're slow in pace at 26th, low total here. So I don't, I don't think I want to get to any of the Bulls. What are your thoughts on this one? Well, my favorite play on the slate is Blake Griffin. <laughs> <laughs> just, just messing with you. Take that snippet, uh, Joe and, and Tyler. Put right. that on Twitter, <laughs> see how that flows. <laughs> Um, you know, this game, I'm not crazy about this game. Yes, they're 20th and 21st in defense. I get that. But Chicago does play fast. Detroit plays slow. You know, the only concern is they do, they are both fresh. No game yesterday, no game tomorrow. And, you know, you're going to get some of the key guys getting big minutes. I think uh, not to go through all the, the other baloney, I don't have any interest in the mid-level or value guys here. I know Bay is really getting a great opportunity, but uh, I, I don't know if this is the best spot. They, they do have some defensive matchups that can give him a little trouble. Um, Plumlee, it, it has to be considered. I mean, I know he's coming off this crazy triple-double, but it wasn't a fluke. The dude is getting a ton of rebounds and a ton of uh, – points on he's finishing and stocks and yeah and and assists he's getting everything and he's staying out of foul trouble that's what killed him at the beginning of the year he had fouled out of three games in a row and he was really struggling there now that he's you know stepped off that and playing minutes you know i think you got to consider that chicago's weak on the front line and Plumley, regardless of his price uh would be my favorite guy on the Detroit side, Jeremy Grant's all obviously terrific every game. And let me say, I got to give a shout out because I, along with probably every other sports uh, press person in, in the earth, was dogging Detroit for paying big money for Grant and Plumley. And aren't we eating our words now? Because those two guys are playing like all stars for God's sakes. So nice job there. And, those would be the two guys that I would consider. I, I don't know if I'd go there. i got to see how the salary is going to work out. But they, they both deserve a look in this game. Um, I'm concerned with DeLon Wright a little bit because I think, you know, Dennis Smith Jr. is going to start eating into a few more of those minutes. And they do have some other guards now that they're going with this young movement that they're trying to get in there in the rotation as well. Um, on the Chicago side, 
not interested in Kobe White with DeLon Wright defense for when he is in there. He's a shutdown kind of defender. Um, I, I don't know how you don't consider Levine every almost every game, unless it's the worst matchup in the world, because he is just absolutely on fire, very difficult to stop. I don't think Detroit has a great matchup to stop him. So even though the pace is bad for Detroit, a bottom five, uh, Levine still remains in play for me, especially since I think some of the shot attempts that Kobe White usually gets up will go back to Levine. And uh, they are shorthanded in other spots, especially on the front line. So I, I think Levine is in play uh, with the Stars Scrubs lineup, which is more of a Stars value lineup today. Uh, Levine is going to get a, a good, strong look for me, and that is it. All right, next game is a potential shootout. Portland and New Orleans, 9 o'clock tip, and it's a 237 total on BetUS. New Orleans favored by three. Both teams on a back-to-back after both winning last night. And we have uh, Harry Giles out. Hood is questionable. And then on the New Orleans side, we have Steven Adams questionable. So uh, potential high-scoring game here. Coach, what do you think? I mean, you have to look at this game, and I think you have to have some exposure. I mean, let's face it, 27th and 28th defensive efficient teams? I mean, come on. And the pace is a little below normal, but but not to overcome the poor defense. Um, You know, the only thing that can sting you a little bit is the rotation if the teams look to go a little bit deeper because they're both on the second night of a back-to-back, that could cost a few guys some minutes, and you know that would be difficult uh, for sure. Um, I, you know, it's a three-point spread for the Pelicans, which is is interesting. But I don't love like the offensive spots for some of these people. I think that you know uh, Zion's going to get guarded by uh, Covington. And, you know, you've got a heart that'll come in there and harass Dane. So, you know, some of the big name guys here, I don't think the matchup is the best. And I think this will be the highest owned game because it's the highest total with the two combined worst defensive teams. But my difference for this slate, the contrarian move that I'm going to make, is I'm probably only going to do a one-off out of this game. And I think a lot of people will have three or four uh, guys from this, really. And if it, you know, if it goes under the total and they do disperse some of the minutes, it could be a real sting game for people. Now, I understand it could be, you know, 135, 128 kind of game, and it could blow up with the poor defense, but... Um, I just don't think the matchups are perfect to spend as far up to get some of these guys like the Ingrams and the Dames. And, uh, you know, the the question is with Adams, I want to see if he's playing because I think he will neutralize Cantor. If Adams is out, then uh, Ennis Cantor becomes a a real strong play for me because his price is up, but it's... it's, uh, He's producing like a madman when he doesn't have a big body, somebody laying a big body on him. So I'm going to watch that closely. 
if uh, Adams is out, I'll probably come out of this game with two max. If not, uh, if Adams plays, it could be just a one-off play for me here. So I would assume you you like this game. I would I would imagine. Well, you know, I'm I'm pretty similar to you actually in that I wow. You know, it, it, there's so many things to love about it with the bad defenses, and then the other thing worth mentioning is that Portland is now fifth offensively, and New Orleans is up to seventh. So prime scenario with terrible defenses and top 10 offenses, but with the back-to-backs, like you said, I'm a little concerned. Some of these matchups, some of the price tags, I'm just not as thrilled about stacking this as I normally would. So you're, wow. you know, you're, you're reading that stereotype, which makes sense. I don't blame you, but I, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I don't really want to pay up for four studs here. Uh, I think it's more of a plug one of them in and feel pretty good that you're going to get a strong value, you know, just a solid game at minimum. Guys like Ingram and Zion, I think they're both playable. Zion, you know, the thing the thing I got to mention about Zion is last night, that shootout against Memphis, I, I spent all that time on yesterday's podcast talking about Ja versus Zion, and then I forgot to make a lineup with both of them in it. And that oh. that worked. that would have worked out well. It did for folks who did. Um, so do they have anything left? Does he have enough left after that emotional game, big minutes, big performance, and now dealing with Covington? So I agree. I'm, I'm you know, just putting the brakes on a little bit. But I, th- th- this must be an imposter. This is not it. <laughs> so just because I can't see you, right. somebody's taking <laughs> I know. Well, here's the I thing. I was dead wrong, man. I yeah. thought you were stacking this game. Yeah. And I usually know your lineup, yeah. so... I know. Uh, I'm, now I'm really confused. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Um, I'll, I'll say I'll get I'll, I'll make you more comfortable here as I talk about a 3K guy, and that's Willie Hernan Gomez. That's where I'm going to look at the bigs if Stephen Adams is out. I like him if he starts against the Cantor defense. Uh, he'll be locked in for me in most of my lineups as a value play. And then on the Portland side. You know, Trent is the kind of guy that I could play as a one-off here to get cheaper exposure to this game. And again, we, you know, I talked, I believe it was yesterday about New Orleans and their bad defense on the perimeter. And Trent's a guy who can light it up. So uh, there's a guy I would look at on the Portland side. Very good. All right. The other nine o'clock game is Oklahoma City against Memphis. Again, both teams on a back-to-back. These teams both lost to the teams we were just talking about. And this one is a 225 total. Memphis favored by seven. Decent pace here. OKC is ninth. Memphis 13th. Middle of the road defensively, but offenses that are below average. This is a game where I am most likely going to pass it. I mean, we have a 10-game slate here. Both teams on a back-to-back. On the Memphis side, we've got Melton and Bain questionable, so we'll see what happens with them. Does Jaw, you know, do uh, do, does Jaw's minutes uh, do they reduce a little bit here on a back to back? And then with OKC, you know, it's a little bit trickier now. Uh, Again, like yesterday, not we don't have these great values with all these guys out. Uh, The sites have been pricing the guys up. And then we've got Maladon back in the mix. So one more body makes it that much harder to invest in any of these guys. I will say on Dort, uh, he surprised me yesterday by hitting value uh, offensively while defending Lillard. 
and I, yeah. I, I, I advised one of our members not to play him because of that. And so he, uh, he surprised me there, unfortunately. And again, he's a good price on FanDuel at 5,000. If he's going to start um, and get a decent amount of shots, he's playable. But I really am not excited about anyone on either side in this game. You know, I, there's a few guys I would look at here. I mean, there's been the Thunder have had more transitional guys in and out of this lineup and guys out for COVID. I mean, they're 11 and 16, which seems like it's not that great. But I swear to you, I think that dude should get coach of the year. I don't know how they've won 11 games. And even the games they lose, like last night to Portland, it took. You know, Dame Lillard with that psychotic step-back shot to hit on Dort from about 27 feet. Uh, you know, those kind of shots, I mean, what are you going to do? But they're always in games. They scrap, and, uh, you know, I just have come to really appreciate the effort they give. And the guys out there play hard. I mean, I you know, it's not a slate where you have to find a lot of value, but you could in OKC – with, you know, a lot of guys, Justin Jackson has played very well in decent minutes. You know, there's so much much usage that goes to all these guys um, when Shea is out because he's such a ball-dominant player. I mean, Dort stays in play. Uh, Baisley even stays in play. But, you know, when they have their bigs with Horford and Roby and everybody playing, it's hard to quite get enough usage because they do play a lot of guys. Um, but, you know, I would have no problem if I need one last value gap guy to go to one of these Thunder players. Um, from the Memphis side, uh, you know, I totally respect Horford's defense. He shuts everybody down. Uh, so I'm not going to go to Joe Val, even though he is in a serious group. That guy is playing some major basketball. Uh, I saw a little coach speak after the last game, and he said this is the healthiest he's felt since his second season in Toronto, which was a long time ago. So he's a guy to keep an eye on. If it wasn't Horford defense, uh, I would fire him up. Um, I think Jaw used quite a bit last night. I, I mean, I, I think they'll ratchet him back just a notch. And all the other Memphis guys, you know, just are, they're hard to roster unless you've got a small slate. So, uh, wouldn't mind coming out of this game with uh, one or two uh, fellas, because I think this is going to be a, a real competitive, close game, but definitely not a focus game for me. All right, well, let's move to the 10 o'clock games. We've got two of those before we build our two brains are better than one lineup. And this next one is very important for another reason, Miami against Golden State, because it's the shootout game on FanDuel last night of that series. And, Coach, we'll have you talk about that in a minute. But this one is a 224.5 total, Golden State favored by one. Miami's on the front end of a back-to-back. They're going to play in Sacramento tomorrow. We've got Dragic out again. Vincent is probable for Miami. And the regulars for Golden State, at least the recent regulars, are all healthy, so no uh, no big in- injury information over there. So, Coach, this is an important game since it's the shootout game on on FanDuel. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, that, that FanDuel shootout has been an absolute blast. We've had uh, a lot of activity 
in our Discord, a lot of guys playing it. Uh, two guys have, have been really uh, hyping it up for us. Who are the two guys, the two members that have been keeping us updated and let us know what game it is? Do you know off the top of uh, J.P. Davis, and I'm not sure who else you're referencing. J.P. Davis and one other guy. I'll figure out who it is at some point here. But uh, is it MDN? Uh, KY maybe could be or all the wave off maybe yeah all the wave off that's okay. who it is yeah yeah but shout out to all those guys it's been a blast and here's the exciting thing and you know not to not trying to brag or be uh, you know uh, I certainly am the first guy to point out when I have a bad lineup so but I'll tell you Andrew and I have both been kicking butt in this uh, this competition there's thirty two thousand plus people that are in this showdown shootout uh 10-day competition of which like andrew said today's the last day and andrew's 70s first i believe and i'm 160th so we have two two guys in the top half a percent of the 32,000. so we're going to give it a a good push tonight to try to move up there and you know the, the cool thing about it is you know we look through those first you know, 200 uh, guys, and you would expect to see a lot of, uh, you know, uh, different uh, tags up there, you know, badges from some of the, the large providers, but uh, really the first two badges you see are uh, Andrew's and mine, so we're really proud of that, uh, appreciate our all of our guys in Discord keeping us up to speed on it, and Hopefully we finish really strong uh, with the performance tonight. So Miami is on a first night of a, a back-to-back tonight, which does matter a little bit. Spolstra does have a tendency to try to curtail minutes to some extent. Uh, you know, that's the particular reason I'm, I'm not going Butler, although Butler's been playing great, playing a ton of minutes. But if he loses one shift, then, you know, that's a little bit of concern. And he's very expensive, but could be a great play. Golden State's only favored by one, 223.5 total. But here's the only concern I have is you've got the 11th and 5th uh, rated defensive efficient teams. So, you know, both of these teams can, you know, get into a bit of a half-court tussle at times. Miami's down to 24th in pace. They're really setting it up. Clearing aside for Butler, running that pick and roll with Bam, and that takes time. So that is a you know something that you gotta watch if you're you know planning on playing several Golden State players uh, who are second in pace. It is a big pace down game for them, but on the inverse, it is a pace up game for Miami. So uh, where do you look at? I mean, if you, if you need. Um, value, you could go Olenek, you could go uh, even uh, our man Hero, who's not too poorly priced. Um, if you're going to pay up, Butler, like I said, or uh, Bam, I think Bam is a terrific play in this game. Uh, you know, he'll get guarded by Draymond, but he is so much bigger than Draymond, he should get uh, some advantage there, and they'll also use Toscano Anderson on him some uh, again, another mismatch. So Bam could be a nice target, although expensive. And then on the Golden State side, again, I respect Miami's defense and a little concerned about the pace. 
But, you know, you can't deny how Steph Curry's playing. Um, I think he's going to get see a rotation of fresh bodies. He's going to see Butler, Hero, Nunn. He's going to see people on him trying to run him off that three-point line. But as Steph has shown, if you run him off the three-point line, he's going to take it to the basket and finish in the paint. And he, he can finish right hand, left hand, way off the glass, spin on the ball. I mean, he's unbelievable. But this matchup, I think, is a little tough for his super high price. Uh, I think you're better off going for a couple of the secondary guys price-wise. Wiggins has been consistent, more so than in the past. Oubre, at times, has had some really good games and could uh, flourish here. And if you want to go super cheap, Toscano Anderson, who's actually his prices come up a little bit, and he's the rotation. Uh, he hasn't been getting quite as many minutes. And then I know there will be some dream on green truthers out there that want to stick with him. But his price has gone almost doubled over the last month. So I don't know, you know, if you really want to go there. So all in all, not a huge game for me. I want to have uh, heat exposure because of the pace-up scenario. But uh, other than that, I think I'm good. Yeah, for me on the 10-game slate here, the guys on Miami are the ones to consider. I agree. Bam would be the price-up guy. I'd probably lean towards over Butler. A little bit cheaper. Butler has been playing great. Hero is the guy I think I like the most, though, as a cheaper option. 6K range on both sides. He's playable for me. I like the way he's trending with his minutes and his shot. With Golden State, don't think I'll get to Steph on the big slate because of his price and, and the defensive focus that you mentioned. Draymond and, and Juan Toscano Anderson are both in play for me as a one-off. Yes, Draymond is expensive, and I keep thinking, all right, well, he's going to crash back down to earth and have one of those duds that he had early in the season when he was priced in the 4K range, but he keeps getting it done. So uh, he's he's still playable for me. I haven't looked yet at the shootout prices, but I think it'll be fun. I'm going to consider fading Steph on that. I'm going to see how the prices work, uh, do some projections, and figure out if that's a, a viable option, because I think that would be a way to get unique. And with guys like Bam, Butler, Hero, you could make a case for it, that if Steph only has a you know 45-ish fantasy point night, uh, maybe this would be the, the situation to fade him. So if you want to grab those shootout lineups for us, we give out two of those per slate, then uh, join us as a member. Go to DFSCoachTalk.com, select whatever membership you'd like. We'll get you into our Discord with an email. Or if you can make your first deposit at BetUS.com.pa, go there, make a deposit of $199, you're going to get to use all of that money in your account at BetUS on all your sports wagering needs, and you're going to get three free months of membership with us at Coach Talk. So again, if you make that deposit, use the promo code Coach Talk, all one word, and then let us know on Twitter that you've done that. You can find us at DFS Coach Talk. We'd love to have you. All right, Coach, last game here before our two brains lineup. Uh, Utah against the Clippers. 227 total, Utah favored by four. Great offenses here, both in the top four, but great defenses too. Clippers are up to 10th. Utah, number two in the NBA. Defensively, they're on an absolute roll. Mike Conley might be back tonight. He's questionable, and that's a big domino effect that affects this game for me. 
uh, tough to make any final evaluations. But if Conley is out, Clarkson's still in play for me, especially on FanDuel where he's only 5,900. What a line he I had. my man dropping 40 real ones last game. He was, I love he was <laughs> on fuego, but funny line where he had 40 points with zero rebounds and one assist. It was almost a Boyan Bogdanovich-like line that we've talked about in the past. Guy who just scores and does nothing else. He lets everybody else handle that stuff. So he's in play for me. Joe Ingles still in play for me if he starts and Conley's out. Royce O'Neal is a value play. On the Clippers side, Paul George is still out. Batum is still out. Kawhi is questionable. Big domino there, obviously. If he sits, all these guys are still decent prices, actually. Reggie Jackson, Terrence Mann as a starter. Lou Williams, a little bit pricey for, pricey for me on this late. I don't think I'll go there. I think I'd rather go to Hero in that same price range. And then Marcus Morris, he paid off for you, Coach, in that last slate, scoring oh, over, over 30. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So uh, maybe a one-off here for me, but um, you know, I'm probably leaning towards respecting these great defenses and, and not getting much exposure to this one. Well, here's what I'm going to do on this game. I think this is going to be the key to my success or defeat tonight, one way or the other. I, I am going to roster a couple of guys – in this game that are fairly costly and i'm using those two uh roster spots as savers because i need to know flat out is conley in or out is Kawhi in or out because that will allow me to choose the guys that i think a lot of people are already going to have rosters locked in or don't have the salary to use and it's a perfect scenario those two guys are the biggest pivot points for both of these teams. And it makes, you know, if Conley's out, then Mitchell becomes a must play to me. If Kawhi's out, then I want to go back to Marcus Morris or, uh, you know, someone of that nature. But it also opens up spots for that guy I want to drag in in Miami Golden State because it's also a 10 o'clock game. So it leaves your options open. And let's face it, it's 2021 NBA where news is important uh, all the way to the lock of every game. So if you're just locking your lineup in and think you did your job for the 7 p.m. Eastern start, that's when it begins. you got to watch the news for all of these games as they unfold. Have some preliminary spots on your, your build so that you can pivot to the guys that are going to be a massive difference maker. Because I'm telling you, at least three out of the last seven, so almost half of the last week's slates have been won because people were able to pivot in those late games with the late news. So don't underestimate how important that is. I'm going to be uh, taking two, like I say, fairly costly spots, probably Kawhi, I'll put in there and maybe a Donovan Mitchell just to have those two. And then as the news comes up, I'll make the rotations to even if, if uh, something happens with Kawhi, there's Butler, there's lots of different ways you can go here. And, uh, you know, I think that's the important thing. So I can't recommend anybody from this last game until I get that news, but I do want exposure to this game because you know, you, even though they're not two super face, uh, fast teams, they're both offensively very efficient, and they can get it done, especially if they're shorthanded, 
their benches aren't extremely deep, and they'll they'll have a lot of uses for the guys that are out there. All right, excellent. Let's transition to our two brains are better than one lineup, and let's go ultra fast here and try to build it. Coach, we're going to let you take the first spot. All right, the first pick, I am going to go with Bam Adebayo at power forward. Okay. He is 9,100, so we've got him in there. All right. I'm going to get, huh, interesting. You know, I was thinking about Tyler Hero. I'm going to uh, hesitate on that for now. I'll go with the, the value point guard, and I'll go with Michael Carter-Williams at 4,400. I like it. I'm going to go with shooting guard Anthony Edwards, a cool just 6K. Interesting. All right. Well, I was considering Hero in that spot, in that price range, so we will pivot off of him and get Edwards in there at 6,000. You know, I think I want to go with Bradley Beal here. I want to pay up at the other shooting guard spot. We've got plenty of value here. And like you said, if most of those guys are out again, like Barton, they just don't have the size to defend him. I mean, Murray and Faku have no chance against Beal. So I'm going to, I'm going to get him in there as the other shooting guard. All right. Who's next? How about uh, I want to stay fairly inexpensive to keep our options open. And I think this guy is a real steal. Uh, Hashimura for 6300 Okay. Let's see. He's still a small forward, correct? Correct. All right. Got him in there. All right. I'm going to go with another value pick here and let you pay up somewhere. And I'm going to project that Adam sits. So I'm going Willie Hernan Gomez as center at 3,900. Okay. And again, you know, get it. Follow us, DFSCoachTalk.com or DF, at DFSCoachTalk on Twitter because we make pivots here if we get news. So you want to stick with us there. Okay. Uh, so we have- since we have a pay-up spot available. I'm not going to get crazy with this pick. It is pay-up, but not crazy. I like Malcolm Brogdon at a cool eight, eight grand. Okay. Excellent. I'm going to go with... I'll, I'll pay down at power, for, power forward with uh, Mo Wagner again, and you know, we'll see if anything changes, but that will allow you to have a little bit left at uh, small forward to hopefully get a decent option. It gives me 8000 at small forward, so it doesn't quite... Oh, it doesn't get us to Ingram. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Do you like Ingram if we get a cheaper power forward? see here. I'm thinking... I don't know if I want three Washington Wizards. So... How about if you pay up a little bit for your power forward, and I'll find a, a cheaper small forward that fits? Oh. How about if I played Sadiq Bay for 5800 Okay, let's see what that does. 
That it gives you 66. 66 power forward. Oh, Robert Covington or Baisley. Let's go with Covington. He's, I like Covington because he's going to probably play 38 minutes guarding Zion. Yeah. All right. We're going to lock it in. Follow us on Twitter. If, we, uh, if there are any changes, we'll announce them there. Thank you for all your support. Uh, do us a favor. This is in front of the paywall, so hit the like button on YouTube and subscribe to our channel so you get all of our podcasts. We're going seven days a week in front of the paywall. And hopefully Coach will be there for the next seven as he overcomes the power outages in Dallas. So, Coach, thanks for getting back in here. Great to have you. And, again, thank you all for tuning in. On behalf of the coach and the rest of the DFS Coach Talk team, I am Andrew Hansen. We'll see you tomorrow as we look to crush it in DFS.